welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 93. I'm your host, and with me is our good host, Jackson. What up? And Destiny. Hi. We're fucking back. Last episode was recorded July 2nd. Holy moly. Yeah. The, we, we interrupted on movies for this year. No more movies for about four months. Oh, yeah, the strike happened. If you care about movies and somehow didn't know, there was a whole thing on. And not the normal thing. <laughs> Another thing. <laughs> Yeah, and now the strike's over, and we're all seeing how that... It looks... Hey, I, I think SAG might not be one of the better guilds in the world, just generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, well... But um, It's episode part. 93, so what Pokemon is number 93? Fuck off! No, it's not, we don't do it like this! <laughs> um, Snorlax. It's not Snorlax, but that's a good guess. I think Snorlax is in, like, the 120s. I don't actually know off the top of my head. Um, 93 has got it... So we're, like... It's not like in the dragons or anything. I'm so glad you're humoring me. Yeah, no, it's not in the dragons. <laughs> and it's not. Uh, it's got to be like two thirds of the way through the game. Is it something like Gengar? You know what? I'm gonna fucking give it to you. Pokemon '93 is Haunter. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not Gengar. But you see how I'm like. Well, what's no, happening you, about like, like you literally got the literally the one before Gengar. Like I bet you fucking nailed it. As far as I'm concerned. What's before the end game, but like towards the back, you know, we're past fucking Abra and shit. This shirts. isn't quite as good as uh, Nailing Diglett, but it's up there. It's really fucking close. <laughs> it's so, I'm so mad because that happened on a stream that we've lost. That yeah. is, that, that was on a Kingdom Hearts stream and I just got it right and no one will ever know. Unless you were there, you won't know that I got Diglett right. Oh, um, damn. Fucked up. Anyway. So, um, the thing about the strike is because I'm driven by doing things for work. I'm in therapy for it. Don't worry. I'm figuring it out. Um, I didn't watch fucking anything during the entire strike. And I watched a couple of movies. I was recently in the hospital and we talked about them on VoIP Life. Uh, but it was not like deep movie talk. So it's, it's sequestered on VoIP Life, uh, which leaves anything Jackson might have watched in the last week and anything Destiny wants to talk about. Um, I'm taking a look at when we uh yeah when the strike happened it's 23rd right so like yeah did i watch any serious real ass movies that weren't just anime in that time and the answer is not that much yeah uh, like i watched avatar and barbie and mission impossible uh, uh i watched bad lieutenant about a week ago how is there bad lieutenant the original it's bad okay lieutenant. it's totally it. fine i'm not catholic enough uh for that. <laughs> i'm just not catholic enough um I feel like the movie finds a deeper profundity in like the l lies that uh, awful men tell them, trying tell themselves, trying to find like a scrap of redemption. Um, I just my dad is not as bad as the dad in Bad Lieutenant, obviously, because it's a cartoon version of a bad person, uh, but is a little uncritical of the like self justification of like, oh, I've, I tried to be good, God, and they didn't. You fucking doing drugs and stealing stuff. Uh, but it's not really about the like uh, it's so much more interested in like the battle for the individual soul than it is what it says that, that this person gets to be like a cop um, mm. and that's just not my lens I'm very boringly materialist uh, but it's fine it's not like a bad movie or anything it was, it was a decent time but it was not it don't hit me as hard as uh, it hit some people I guess okay I've not seen it I, I liked every Abel Ferrara movie I've seen but same um, yeah uh I like the other bad lieutenant that has nothing to do with it more. Well, yes. 
That's that's just rude. You can't. <laughs> no one's soul is still dancing in in Bad Lieutenant. The original. I, like I like Abel Ferrara. No Werner, Werner Herzog. Like <laughs> fucking come on. That's damn true. Um, Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans, one of the dumbest best movies ever made. It's so stupid. Oh, yeah. what a dumb time. Um, and then I watched a movie called maggie moores that was released this year what that looks like a fake movie but it is a real How do you spell it maggie moores with an s but the s is in brackets because it's about two maggie moores who get murdered at the same time oh this is that john ham and tina fey movie you watched yeah and i was like why is this this is such a fake fucking movie movies are so fake now because this is theoretically a normal movie it's like a genre piece uh you got two vaguely famous people uh, you know maybe not like peak movie stars but th- those are famous people that could sell tickets making a movie uh and no one's fucking heard of it and it's made by some self-help company because that self-help company acquired Redbox. oh um, chicken like, movie- for the soul entertainment yeah you know the movie studio the famous movie studio that makes movies um it's directed by john flattery that's why john ham's in it i assume because i assume they're still friends from Mad Men. Uh, yeah and it was totally acceptably fine for the most part. Had like some some funny scenes. Was mostly kind of bad. Uh, had a bad ending. And it tried to like wrap things up a little too screenwriterly. Um, and then you went home. I was like that. If twenty years ago, I would have liked this a lot more because it would have looked better. Would just been the pace would have been tightened up a little more. It would have had about ten million more dollars behind the production. Uh, and it just made me sad about movies. Because fundamentally, this is like the kind of movie I like to watch, but it just wasn't very good. <laughs> they filmed this over a month in Albuquerque in 2021. Yeah. There you go. Movies. Yeah. That's how they make movies. That's Chicken- how they should go to- back to making movies, to be fair. But it's being made by the self-help company that acquired Redbox and not like, you know, Fox Searchlight or whatever. Well, that doesn't uh, exist anymore. Didn't they exactly, <laughs> I think they, I think Searchlight might still be around in some way, but the places where they make the studio movies that cost forty million dollars, twenty million dollars, I, I assume this costs significantly less now. I don't uh, know what the budget is. It's just uh, called Searchlight Pictures now, and it is still going. How much money did this movie cost to make? I'm going to assume like there wasn't a listed million? budget on Wikipedia, so yeah, it looks like TV. It just looks like TV um, because there is a level of movie where you're like, this has no no difference. Uh, Probably yeah. cost less than an episode of, um, I don't know, Medical Star Soul. Trek or whatever. Yes, absolutely. I mean, significantly less than an episode of Star Trek, which is like 10 million per now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than feeling bad about movies, it was otherwise like okay, but kind of not very good in a more movie way, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you watch a movie that you have no reason to. It happens. But yeah, that, that's me, I guess. Uh, Destiny. I watched a few things. Uh, I watched the first two classic uh toxic avenger movies the trauma uh, ones a classic yes. used very loosely here <laughs> yeah no it's a classic uh 1984's toxic avenger uh michael hertz lloyd kaufman uh i don't really have much to say about it other than i am shocked i was allowed to watch those as a child um teen mom go teen mom <laughs> uh watch the second toxic avenger film not as strong as the first Toxic Avenger film. Uh, strong, doing a lot of lifting. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. A recent film. 
Uh, I don't really have much to say about that either, other than I didn't really care for it. It was just, it was, I'm sure one of those. (laughs) Did you see it in the cinema? Yes, I did. Okay, because I I feel like that makes a huge difference in how many 12-year-olds were there. Oh, there were so many. (laughs) So many. And then there were, like, really small children. Someone brought a baby, which is always an experience. It wasn't a very, like, loud baby or anything, but it was just like, okay, a baby is here. Uh, they packed that movie full of things for fans, and my friend that was a fan that was with us had a great time, so that matters. Um, I just, uh, I'm just not a Five Nights at Freddy's person, that's all I've found out. Uh, I also saw the 2023 film It Lives Inside, which is a horror film about, um, this, uh... Indian American girl who's like assimilating into American culture and her like friend is being haunted by this entity that's like this demon from India and uh she's got to help her friend and it was really good and really cool and about a lot of interesting things like um like the idea of uh having guilt over leaving your culture and then like you know it's it's haunting you literally um just and the food in this movie you ever just watch a movie that makes you hungry i guess we have we watched um tampoco yeah that's tampoco yeah that uh so yeah food movie good food movie and uh the creature effects are oh they're great this is a good creature feature so yeah, that one I actually recommend. Out of everything that I watched, that's what I recommend. They are re- they did reboot the Toxic Avenger, and I am curious about that. So that I'm can't gonna... be good. That can't be good. Why? Well, no one cares about the Toxic Avenger. Like they oh, care about the movie. The to- well, no, but they, like they care about the movie Toxic Avenger, not the property. Like it could have been anything. It's just like a weird bad movie that has like a cult following. No one's like, oh, you know what? I need to see that, but like modern with modern filmmaking. Like who? What? what you, like what? <laughs> the thing. The- that I totally well, they didn't show this on the TV version, but there's a lot of racist jokes in the movie that the bad guys make. Uh, in an eighties movie, no way. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I don't watch a lot of eighties movies with racist jokes, so it's always like really off-putting in this way that I I don't I never see coming. I felt the same way about the uh, Eddie Murphy movie we watched. I was like, oh, so racist. Peter Dinklage yeah. is the Toxic Avenger in the remake. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that just came out. If uh, yeah, it, like aired at a fest in September, I don't think it's actually out in a way more people can see it yet. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'll, uh, look forward to that update <laughs> when I get around to it. It has ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which apparently matters. Huh. You seen that shit? The the Rotten Tomatoes is like a big deal for for dads. And whatever. I mean, no. I believe it. The like, there's a tweet going around about Napoleon, and someone's dad Google like Googled it, sort of had under eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, oh, it must suck then. This is just how I didn't realize that it had quietly become the default way that a certain kind of movie person engages with movies now. Uh, but that sucks. I always thought it was just kind of looked on derisively, but that's just like people who are plugged in online. There are definitely people who just take it as like, oh, movie has yep. to be above 80% if it's worth my time, like as a filtering tool. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can't do that. 
I've definitely encountered the, uh, like, the first thing I hear about a movie is how well it did on Rotten Tomatoes. That is yeah. something that happens in my friend circle. My, uh, if, if a movie has, like, over 85 on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not standing for something if, if it can get that big a mass If that many people like appeal. it, it must be the most boring, mealy mouth shit on Earth. <laughs> not always true, but, like, yeah. that's true. an instinct that has a, has yeah. a like... It tracks. I think uh, aggregate you know. reviews are like a bad thing to de- decide quality on because, um, especially in a thing like cinema, where like you know, if, if everyone goes and sees the fucking Mario movie and goes, eh, it's okay, then it gets a good review. I mean, it did, I don't think the I don't think the Rotten Tomatoes on that is probably pretty high, but you well, know no, that I mean. one. Cause, so for, it seems like the people who are doing the Rotten Tomatoes thing are like adults, right? Normal people. Um, and the people who are like the critics, they all have to be silenced. They're all watching the fucking Marvel movies and kids movies, right? That's like the nerds, yeah, who all hate critics as enemies. And then there's normal people who are like taking aggregate reviews as if they mean anything. And you're like, man, this whole system seems pretty fucked by what we've done to culture. But oh well, I uh, just don't care about it. It's easy. Just be watching some movies. Well, I mean, or just not. Just be gaming instead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I did. But uh, yeah, we're, we're back to watching movies and our movie this week long delayed uh is master and commander the far side of the world the we 2000- waited what oh it's just about to you introduce the movie uh this is the 2003 uh naval epic by peter weir uh based on the uh aubrey maturin uh novels by patrick o'brien which i tried yes. to read once and found so astonishingly boring <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also like peeked into one and it's just the writing style. It's just uh, like slamming into a brick wall. I'm like, nope, they can't do this. Sorry, I'm good. I'm shocked they became popular at all because I'm like, I mean, this is very clearly the work of someone who truly believes in I want to make uh, 19th century adventure novels, but in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I was not prepared for, just in the prose. Yeah. I'm like, boring. As opposed to this movie, which is not boring. It's a five-star uh, fucking film. Jackson, please give me the plot of Master Commander for our side of the world. Uh, okay, so, um, hang on. Uh, the year is 1806? Am I right? What is the year? It doesn't say on the Wikipedia, but I do think that's correct. Uh, I think it's five. I think it was off by one. Okay. Yes. April 1805, Napoleon is the master of Europe. Only the British fleet stands before him. Oceans are now battlefields. I was worried that uh, we waited too long to do this, that oceans would no longer be battlefields, but it turns out oceans remain battlefields. They're battlefields once again. Uh, the plot of this movie, such as it is, is actually very... You can summarize it in about two sentences. It's so short. Uh, Captain Jack Aubrey is tasked with capturing or sinking the Acheron, a French uh, vessel uh, that is sailing around Brazil and South America uh, with like that will turn the tide of the war in the French's favor. So he has to take it down. Uh, spends the movie chasing it. They get a uh, beat on him a few times. He gets a beat on them a few times. At the end of the movie, uh, due to the sacrifice of um, the other one, Paul Bettany uh, Maturin, uh, I was like, what's his first name? The Doctor Stephen. Uh, Stephen Maturin, yes, Stephen Maturin, yes. Uh, uh, he, he's been, like, pressuring about, hey, you can't just be, like, chasing this war. Uh, you have to, like, do the other things. Like, you promised me I could do some research on the Galapagos Islands, uh, but in the middle of his research, uh, spots the ship, uh, drops all his uh, animals that he's tracking, and uh, lets Jack know that, hey, we can get the drop on them now. They do. They uh, successfully <laughs> take it, take the ship. Uh, everything is fine. Um 
he finds that like the captain he's been the, the important thing the important the, like one important thing plot wise is the captain he's been chasing he's like who is this legendary cool commander turns out he's already dead uh and he gives him his sword um and the doctor's like he wanted you to have this uh and he's like oh okay damn goes back uh sends his first mate off to captain the ship and is like right you take that ship back to port so the british can have it i'll continue with, with my journey all fine until they realize the doctor on the other ship was dead many months ago who could that doctor have been but the captain who got one last little hook on him and the chase begins again <laughs> the end. it's like a scooby-doo movie it's ridiculous <laughs> Uh, you forget the part where the the entire plot hinges on the, the most like Star Trek ass TV writing where Steven's whole thing is that he's a naturalist, a, a hobbyist naturalist. He's studying like Darwin's works about adaptation and wants to go to Galapagos to see all the cool bugs and birds and shit and lizards. And the one thing he's able to take with him is a stick bug. And when he shows it to Jack Aubrey, he's like, oh, disguise. We could disguise the ship and get onto the Acheron without getting destroyed because the Acheron's way stronger and faster than them in every single way. Uh, if we just painted our ship like we were like a whaling vessel they'd pull up alongside us to board us and they could fuck them up and that's what they do like it's a plot of a fucking star trek episode (laughs) uh it's more i mean the the star trek episode doesn't have like i don't do not consider star trek to be this like a plot and b plot intertwined this is like house I don't know if if this is in some ways is uh, Jack Aubrey is a Captain Kirk style character and uh, Stephen Maturin is just a, what if Spock and Bones were yeah. the same guy. This is, this oh, is yeah. a Star Trek movie, but this specific thing that they do is extremely like a, the detectives in the B plot. Someone says something and then has to run out the room because he solved the first case. Yes. Which I don't really associate with Star Trek much because they usually keep the A and B plots pretty separate. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Did they? I feel I like the B-plot informing this, the mystery of the A-plot is like a v- very well-worn Star Trek thing. I maybe. agree. Okay, maybe I'm just getting it wrong and I haven't watched TNG in long enough. Could be. Um, but yes, it's basically, a, it's literally a Star Trek. I mean, I mean, it's more that like Wrath of Khan is literally a... Uh, Horatio Hornblower adaptation. Yes. Horn, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so they're functioning in the same genre. Um but it it's absolutely playing in that space that we love and it's a great time i had a great time i was yes. surprised i was worried it wouldn't hold up but it did i'm like oh damn it is a classic uh yeah i mean this is famously a movie that like got a boat out and recorded all the sounds of boats and recorded in a big fucking tub of water for a while and um went to the actual galapagos the first fiction film that ever shot in the galapagos wild that's fucking it's a cool. very protected place is the thing the um the the production of this movie is crazy i have to just say because they built the boat and then they put the amount of people that would actually be on that boat in the boat and then they shot the whole movie there yeah holy shit yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy uh i mean they built two two boats but one of them's really yeah, they, they put, there's one that they actually use in the water and then they put one in like a big like motion controlled tank <laughs> In Mexico, yeah. they, where they filmed the Titanic, where they put all the the sets that needed to be in water for the Titanic. Uh, yes, thank you, Jim, for handing those down to a much yes. better movie. <laughs> and then there's like a bunch of model and CG work by Weta, um, which a uh, lot more CG in this movie than I remembered. Oh, you, you were not prepared for how much like the CG boat kept coming on the horizon. <laughs> the CG boat. Um, there's a bit where Paul Bettany's on the Galapagos, where he's just on a green screen, like when he stands at the top of the hill and sees the uh, Acheron, like in the bay. That's all just a green screen shot. Really obvious green screen shots. Yes. 
um the 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 beetle that he finds is like cg it's really funny (laughs) yeah it Um, is yes um which is fine uh most of the movie is just uh a bunch of sweaty men in wigs on a boat like getting drenched in water constantly (laughs) it's a movie you can really smell yes Uh, yeah, the the like sense of just how they shoot the shit out of this boat is so cool. Like the way they will do, you know, uh, the just basic dialogue scene in like the captain's uh, chamber when he's having dinner, right? Mm-hmm. But there's just like a little sway to the camera because they've been shooting it in a ridiculous. Like they're shooting a dialogue scene in a set, like the, where they're all sitting down. Yeah, but the set's on a gimbal, uh, or the boats in the water. You know, they've d- done all these things to like. Uh, really just go above and beyond for the feel uh, of being on this boat and it really pays off mm-hmm. yeah and infamously this movie was uh maybe going to be a franchise that was like you know peter Burr's always been like eh, i don't know i mean i'm a real director <laughs> 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 but um uh was not a huge success kind of became a success in its like cult classic status it's the modern cult dad classic um yeah uh, sometimes the dad movie, I mean, sometimes the dad movie, like Gladiator, made him so much money. I, I a see million why they bajillion thought, dollars, yes. Yeah, I see why they <laughs> thought that audience would be here for this. But um, no, this just mostly had a very, very long tale of everyone loving Master and Commander. Um, I mean, they also had the problem where this is the same year that Pirates of the Caribbean came out and just kind of ate their lunch, made like a billion dollars or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're both great movies. They're both fucking great movies. Pirates of the Caribbean, the this first movie, Pirates of the Caribbean? This movie cost more than Pirates of the Caribbean and made like a third of the amount The Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. I could have told you both of those facts just looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a better movie than Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, but absolutely. Like it's, it's closer than you want it. Like, Pirates of the first Pirates of the Caribbean, except when fucking uh, Johnny Depp's acting very badly. Uh, that's a great movie. That's, that's also a classic film. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's trying to be, you know, the modern swashbuckler. This is not the modern swashbuckler. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. This is... Um, this is know. mostly a hangout movie with two guys who in the, have this very uneasy friendship. <laughs> right? Yeah, the, this is uh, like military yowie, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, they fucking... <laughs> Yeah, they fucking. We're doing, um, absolutely, it's here for the uh, Spock Kirk slashers, right? Like, they even have the metaphor oh, yes. of them playing their fucking uh, fiddle and cello badly. As, oh, and uh, they... Yes. Them banging into the guy who's the, the guy who's cooking like, oh, they're making noise again. I hate it. Uh, Killick, uh, the most long-suffering man on the boat, just constantly yelling, mad that he's being disrespected by them demanding coffee and food. <laughs> um, Love him. Yeah. He's he's great. And the children, the children. Oh yeah, because it's a, because it's a Napoleonic Wars movie. Um, parts of the crew are literal children. Uh, there's like a lord who's like dad, father died and passed on the title. Who I who seems like he might be ten, twelve, right? <laughs> yeah, he's really young. Uh, yeah, there's like the opening scene. I, like one of my reactions, like I can hear my dad turning to me and saying, "They're just boys," because it's absolutely <laughs> like doing this kind of shit. Uh, just like look at all the boys in the war movie. Isn't it so tragic? Um, and it's mostly pretty good. Like the the one of the main characters is um, the kid who loses his arm very early on. Yeah, Lord Flakey. 
absolutely forgot that this movie began with such uh, nasty arm business. I'm glad I wasn't warned because I had just kind of got through it in about two minutes. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's real quick. They don't quite show. Yeah, I also was covering my eyes, though. Uh, you, yeah. Destiny was full cringe when Paul Bettany had to pull the bullet out of his own stomach. <laughs> Could not watch it's that. His own surgery. That is, that was I, fine. I couldn't imagine. And then when he's like, lift the room, lift the room. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to barf. <laughs> um i mean that was also just a sex scene is the thing because he the entire like <laughs> the entire tension of that scene is like staring uh russell crowe in the eyes is like oh can, can you not handle this are you too weak are you too weak to see me do this <laughs> uh this movie's ridiculous this movie's ridiculous it's really good it's what, what it is uh, the thing I like about this, and this is the thing you said, Jackson, is uh, this movie recognizes that this is the last era in which the British can be cool. <laughs> Possibly the only era. Not even the last. Like, it is also the last, but it's possibly the only... And it's not just that the British can be cool, but it's that you can do, like, Three Kingdoms style, like, there are two armies, uh, or, you know, I guess in Three Kingdoms there's a lot more armies, but you have, like, noble generals on both sides, neat, like, they both want, they don't both, like, hate the other side and want to beat them, but they don't have, like, there's no moral, you can't do this in World War Two, right? Like, there's moral qualities to the armies and culture. Uh, anytime anyone's tried to do that in World War Two, it goes really badly. Um, because everyone correctly recognizes the, like, reasons behind the wars being fought. Uh, whereas, when it's just the two evil European empires that are equally evil fighting for who's going to be the winner, uh, you can just have noble guys on both sides... Uh, you know, fighting each other. Also, all the colonizing's already done, so it's not like... It's not like it's like a you know a 16th century race to America type movie, right? Yeah, when they when they uh, land in Brazil, they're passing letters to a guy who works for the the British government, right? Like, you just don't have to touch any of the ugly stuff, really. Yeah. It's in the it's on the periphery, and the movie like engages with it sometimes, but it's not interested in like critiquing it really it's just kind of staying away absolutely takes france versus england as uh this aestheticized uh time for a perfect naval story about heroes on both sides mm-hmm. oh yeah i get the impression the books are like that too well yeah of course they are it's it's a good it's a good genre for a reason it's just really hard for england to do it because we've been so evil for so long <laughs> <laughs> uh like you read all the Three Kingdoms stuff, you're like, I see why well, this is foundational in China, but you can't. Like, we England doesn't really have that because we just kind of all sat around and we we don't have good records of what was going on in the various kingdoms before the Romans came and everything. Um, so we mostly just have England as a united place, either burning down the Holy Land or doing colonialisms and million genocide. It's bad. It's a bad. You don't, have, bad you don't have this ship is our home. This ship is England. <laughs> I mean, we do. That's it. Comes from like yes, yes. we do have that. That's but it's. Uh, this is the time, like, it's only really this and World War One where you can, like, say that and everyone won't feel really uncomfortable. And the World War One movie is way sadder about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's everyone being chewed up by machines and trenches. Nobody likes that. <laughs> when, yeah. when two boats go alongside each other and fire cannons at each other and everyone's massacred, it's way cooler. <laughs> The, the 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 boys are equally chewed up in this, not as like as much as World War One, but uh, no, no, no. like the boys are still chewed up in the machine of war. Uh, I was, <laughs> I did laugh at like, like, what is this movie saying? What is the movie really saying? I think don't think it's really saying anything. I felt very streets of fiery at the end. Like this is the true power of cinema, and this movie presents multiple ideas that are completely contradictory. And I still walk away thinking this uh, that makes sense. The one um, thing I, li- <laughs> I like, I really like about it, is the bit where. Um, 
Lord Blakeney watches friend who's like a little older than him and like the guy they were going to they're basically training him to be the next like first mate of the ship right yes um and he gets killed in the big boarding of the the Akron. and he's and uh Blakeney's clearly like distraught doesn't know what to do goes over to Paul Bettany who has been a man who has been like very anti the army like he's the he's the ship surgeon and he's Aubrey's best friend but he's like an Irishman who hates basically seems to hate the crown and everything it stands for which I love that you just saw the boat anyway though um, <laughs> um and when yes. they when they got aboard the French ship and murder motherfuckers he hops on the French ship and murders motherfuckers despite being the guy who's like generally anti-violence and Blakeney goes up to him because he's the guy he like looks for looks towards for like guidance because he's the one who's not like the other guys he's not like a a born sailor and soldier and they just go back to drawing pictures of their beetles um and that's all you can do there's like a weird like like this is the cycle of like almost like like the family not even violence but like the the ways in which families become trapped to, to repeat their own bullshit over and over again right um the the two dads of this ship cannot cannot raise people to break out of the cycle of being these kind of guys on their bullshit because that's all they know what to do not right. just that they can't break out but like ultimately it is okay that these guys are these guys and that this happens and the movie's like ambivalent about it but when the chase is back on you're still like the chase is on let's fucking go <laughs> he really um, should have gone back and let him see the birds though yeah i mean it's not going anywhere he's right but come on uh, the thing the one of the subplots i think about is the uh fucking shitty midshipman guy who just isn't cut out for this life oh yes um oh and, yeah uh the crew like think he's cursed the jonah the, uh, the jonah yeah um and the thing i kept thinking about in this viewing was like they're right uh like narratively right after he jumps off and kills himself everything goes right literally yeah, every single thing yeah. like yeah. they don't have a loss after that to prove it wasn't him no um, it was it, it was correct to ostracize that man and he did the most noble thing he did was kill himself supposedly in the, in the text of the, the movie i don't think the movie is saying like like he influenced the fates of this but it doesn't like complicate that in the, the worldview of these men that the right thing happened right yeah. the, the ocean yeah. asserted I mean, itself they, they make it clear that like russell crowe like has to he he is like supposedly like a, a man of rationality like kind of of a kind with paul bettany but at the end of the day paul bettany goes you believe the thing that they believe that this is like a bad omen that he's like cursed and he's like look there's some things that are just strange on the ocean i don't know to tell you <laughs> they're not in your books you know yeah uh, and I like that they give him this like thing where there's just there's aspects to these men that are not tidy uh, always, and uh, their friendship exists despite all of that. Yeah, and it's also like he the, that guy's being ostracized because of uh, Russell Crowe's like refusal to back down this chase right on his Moby Dick shit. Yes. Um, also, uh, his his like advice to that guy is like the most like. I'm going to pretend like I'm Lord Nelson swaggering, swinging dick speech in the world. Absolutely useless cannot help Just be cool. <laughs> yes. Just be cool. Just be as cool as me. It's like, fuck you. Like, well, what, do you, what, do you what do you mean? Um, but like, ultimately in the narrative of the movie, uh, everyone who criticizes uh, Jack Aubrey is made to at least begrudgingly acknowledge that he's correct, right? Like, uh, Stephen puts down his... Um, uh his little insects right he picks up his gun at the end uh, it is what it means to be a captain is you you create your own gravity right <laughs> yes um and so the movie's like critical of these ideas uh, but it, i think the conclusion it comes to is that like on some level 
the men want to die. <laughs> like the it understands that there is a death wish capable like nature to this like endless chase, right? The thing that they are doing is uh this hubristic um pursuits that like will chew bodies beneath it uh but it just can't let go of it it's not about that it would be much worse if it was about letting go of it i think it just genuinely believes on some level you've got to admit it, it you do want to keep the chase going you want to they, they it want is to be the it. legend right the, yes the, the point of being on the boat is uh like it's it offers freedoms right like part of the reason paul Bettany's on the boat because it lets him go to strange countries and look at their bugs um that's why he signs up for the rest of it um and for a lot of those sailors it's becoming the uh the you know the legend that they they talk yes. about over dinner that other people talk about over dinner absolutely uh even though like everyone in the story is equally aware that like the guys they are killing are exactly the same as them they are just on the same other side he fights just like you jack thing. he fights like you it's so cool when he says that i'm like let's go uh <laughs> But I was just, that was my main takeaway this time was like, how does the inclusion of uh, a little more eye towards the like human cost of this kind of uh, masculine war death drive that they've got going on um, change the movie? And I think the answer is not that much. It's still, it's still doing the like version of this that's just a sports movie. It's just that a bunch of people die in the pursuit of it. It doesn't really like change the view on what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, I like Aubrey as a character because, like, there's the bit where he's teaching the kids how to use the sextants on the... He's, like, just takes over the class that's, like, teaching them how to be uh, officers. Um, yes. And there's just this sense that, like, he is the ship's father figure in a real way that people will like follow this man into hell. But when they don't... When there's a problem that's, like, this person is not fit to be with the crew, he doesn't know how to handle it, right? He, like, he knows how to handle people like him, and that's it. <laughs> uh Yeah. Um, th there is no like space on the boats, right? For anything else. Yeah. You have to buy in because it's just too, uh, you're, you're, too stuck, you're stuck with all these situation. people for months at end, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. it. That's all you get. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't cut out for it, then what are you doing here in the first place? Uh, probably rich. Yeah, I guess. If you're an officer, I guess you're rich. You're sent to the front, like, hey, we're going to toughen you I up. Mean, and you're like, well, to shit. Be, to be fair, <laughs> uh, the, 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 most of the officers are highly competent, and, like, the little lord happens to be, like, the, the best character. Like, he's not, like, an evil guy, right? Like, he's, like, the sweetest boy that everyone wants to protect. Yeah. I, I just don't know what, like, the guy's almost, the, the one guy, the, the guy who can't handle yes. it, he's almost 30. I'm like, why is he here why has he not already quit i don't know like yeah, that, i assume yes. he like most of the officers is like from a rich family who want like their son to be a military man who has like service to his name uh but if, if that was me i'd be pulling him out by 24 if it's like very clear that it's not happening dude <laughs> yeah i mean there's nothing to indicate that he's like nobility or anything right because he's just other a, than he's an officer man. like you, it's hard to be in a position of that like command without being some level well, yeah but he's um, not he's not an officer right like they even say it's like oh, why haven't you been promoted like why aren't you an officer yet uh, no, but he's like he's wearing the coat, like yeah. he's of the like crown's army and not of the like sailors. Yeah, uh, which just implies a certain level of not necessarily not necessarily uh, aristocracy because it's you know, uh, but you you can't get into that level of command without having some connections in British society. Mm -hmm. 
Um, shout out to Billy Boyd uh, being really obvious in every scene that he's in. Yeah. <laughs> every time they're like, oh, it must be the year 2003. Billy Boyd <laughs> is parlaying his uh, success in Lord of the Rings to like one, like a handful of roles before he disappears forever. I don't know what he's up to. Uh, no, me neither. Yeah. Um, but it is great. Every scene I'm like, that's fucking Pippin or Mary, whichever one he Pippin. was. Pippin. I cannot Pippin. believe you do not know this. <laughs> I know the difference between the characters. I just don't know which one has which name. Okay. Because <laughs> I know which one he is. He's the one singing the song, uh, whatever the hell, you know, at Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Pippin. But I'm like, which, is that Pippin or Marion? Well, Pippin, Pippin, clearly, but I'm, I'm not, cannot, I'm saying my confusion is purely in the name. Fake not fan. That I, fake fan. <laughs> not a fake fan. Fake fan. I know, I know who's in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you do actually. I'm um, looking. What was it? He was in basically. Mask no, he Commander. has a lot of stage stuff. He hasn't done much. Oh, Mask Commander. Then he was in he's Seed in, of Chucky. Yeah, he's in Seed of Chucky. He's the voice of Glenn. No. Uh, and then he, there's some more movies, but I, they he yeah. really does fall off the face of the earth. You weren't lying. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. They can't all be Elijah Wood. Probably doesn't he's want to be Elijah probably Wood. Probably so rich. He's just chilling. no. I, I don't think I don't no, think Billy Boyd. No, is rich. no. He got the, like they agreed the Lord of the Rings contract before Lord of the Rings was the biggest movie yeah. in the world, right? So like he probably just got a decent enough payday for Lord of the Rings, uh, mm. parlayed it into a couple of movie roles, and is doing okay, is my assumption. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone, like, none of the Hobbits really became super rich apart from Elijah Wood, who became a superstar Because he kept working, yeah. Yeah. Well, they all kept working, but, like, you only get to be a, you know... Sean Astin was already rich, probably. I mean, you know, enough. He came from... Uh, I mean, that he came from famous actors already. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yes, the part where I don't actually know who anyone's dad is, is the... Uh, uh, Sean Astin is the part. son of uh, John Astin and Patty Duke. Like, he is Hollywood royalty. Okay, so he he's, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um anyway uh yeah I, I i was surprised how much i liked it it was one of those where i thought destiny wouldn't like it so i was really glad destiny seemed to like it yeah i was like expecting to be bored and though i was super riveted I, it had me at star trek like i was like this is great i <laughs> love these characters uh i'm sad they didn't make more they're apparently making a prequel but it's not gonna have the actors so what's the fucking point right exactly i need paul bettany back and and like peter weir's not working on it i'm sure so who gives a shit well no kind of being like 89 peter weir's like i think peter weir's actually retired retired (laughs) well yeah because he's fucking ancient he was old when he made this movie (laughs) (laughs) he made he made like um what's the movie we did he made pinnick and hanging rock right yes yes yeah that's him and the truman show (laughs) Those yep. are his two big ones. Uh, oh, I watched Dream Show recently. That's pretty good. Dream Show's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Um, I like Picnic Hanging Rock more than this, but this is probably my second favorite Peter Weir movie that I've seen. Um, I was down on Picnic Hanging Rock when I saw it, but it was so long ago that that <gasps> could have been a stupid opinion. I completely forgot he did Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society, I like less than all of the rest of these movies. It doesn't hold up great, but it was like super, super formative for me as a high schooler. Uh-huh. So the surprise of no one. I mean, that is not. I mean, I loved Dead Poets Society when I saw it when I was 15 or whatever, but um, yeah. that's not a movie I uh, think fondly of now. I still I never saw it at the time. Spot. 
uh you would think it's the dumbest shit in the world you might yeah, enjoy it think but i think you think it's the dumbest shit in the world it's very it's not like a private private school yeah robin williams is like the english teacher who teaches all these kids how to love uh art. poetry poetry it's in one of those fictional you- elite boarding school tells the story of an english why would i give a shit if any of these I was about to say a very bad swear word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if any of these kids get, if care about poetry, why should they give a single shit about these rich kids? Because Robin Williams is so good at it, and all the boys are really good actors, and everything is, is it, just... Is it about being in a private... Like, is it, a, is it about interrogating being in a private school, or is it just, like, it's no, so good that no. these kind private of, school kids well, got well, inspired? Like, well, like, it kind of is, because, like, the church... Is, or, the, you know, it's a church school, so it's really oppressive, and, like, they don't like the way Robin Williams is teaching, and, like, he's inspiring them to be a little too artistic, and he like inspires one of them okay. a little too much. It's one of those. I, I like what? What is the ideology of this movie? But I, I figured it out now. You, 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 t- you clued me in. The it's the fifties uh, is so uh, repressed. Repressed. Robin Williams is beatnik, bringing in you know? liberal values to these repressed Christian kids by teaching them good poetry. He's he's yep. he's very sedate for Robin Williams also in the movie. I think he's perfect. I love Robin Williams in this movie. Well, <laughs> like, it's gotta be better than. Um, so good, morning, Vietnam. good morning Vietnam it's definitely better than Good Morning Vietnam Patch Adams <laughs> I've, I've not seen Patch Adams I don't Patch Adams to. is Dead Poets Society is a better movie than Patch Adams but I don't think I, I mean that in like as generous a way as you might think obviously by saying that because Patch Adams is fucking terrible but it's like I'm, that's not a movie anyone expects to be anything but fucking terrible that's true did we like the robot movie he did that's <laughs> 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 the VoIP life where Bicentennial Man has come up recently <laughs> what'd you say about it uh that i love that movie as a teen it made me cry and it's really dumb and bad <laughs> well that's that's me with dead poet society I, I i watch it i cry and then i uh think about how i could have been an english teacher <laughs> that's the thing is that so dead poet society is a movie that made a generation of english teachers yes 100 percent. like i was almost one of them i went to school for that when I saw it, it was my English teacher being like, this movie's really important. People should watch this in English class. So. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. I just caught it on TV. I think it's the best way. <laughs> Dead uh, Personality has a behind the scenes story that like really well, annoyed me too strong, but is maybe the most cartoonish reaction I've ever had to anything mm-hmm. in, in my history of having cartoonish reactions to things. Mm-hmm. I think it was Ethan Hawke talking about... Uh, getting cast in that movie and being like why am i playing the nerdy kid i'm not nerdy at all and, uh... <laughs> i like that ethan hawk is just his character from the before trilogy in real life <laughs> yeah uh and uh, peter weir said uh that he always like casts for the end of it like you know the, your the movie's about him becoming extroverted so he cast uh for you becoming extroverted and i was like so offended when i first read it. i was like oh so you just so movies are all lies so everyone should already be the like th- you're telling kid- these nerdy kids they can become better but you know you just cast the guy who's already cool and i'm so <laughs> movies like, are not real this. jackson <laughs> i know uh, it was, it's not that I need Ethan Hawke to be uh, to be a fucking dweeb. It's the 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 philosophy that you when telling stories about change, you should cast people who've already changed into the first. I don't know. It just like it just like, it was like, oh right, of course that would make that does make logical sense. I hate reality. It's a cartoonish thing to say. I don't actually believe this. I did think that. I think I'd laugh. Destiny, you were saying <laughs> something. Oh, I was gonna say like it was before Ethan Hawke had a place in the American imagination too. So he doesn't come across as cool in that movie yeah that's his breakout role he is not a he was not he was working yeah he's he a not baby a in that fucking yeah. movie yeah um 
Uh, it's like the 80s, right? Yeah, it's 89. Yeah, it's 84. 89. 84. Oh. <laughs> whoops. you got 10-year-old Ethan Hawking. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, the Wikipedia for Dead Poets Society has maybe the funniest disambiguation I've ever seen. For the 1990, hey, 1995 American drama film titled Dead Poets Society 1996 in Taiwan, see Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> <laughs> The idea of Mr. Holland's opus, they're like, oh, we need to sell this in Taiwan. We're going to give it a fake sequel name as if it's the sequel to fucking Dead Poets. <laughs> what is what it? Mr. Holland's what is opus Mr. is a movie about Richard Dreyfus as a composer in the 60s um, who's kind of sucks. Um, and he learns compassion because he has a deaf son, basically. Well, no, okay. He becomes, he's a composer, but then he becomes a high school teacher. Yes, he becomes a high school teacher, music teacher. And then he has a deaf son and he's like, oh, I can't share music with my deaf son. And then, uh, he's like a teacher over the course of like from the fifties to the nineties. Yes. And the clear thing I remember as a high schooler is the way that they denote that it's the nineties in the montage is that you see two gay men holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> This, on the I, campus. I want to say that I was preparing to say a sentence before you mentioned that detail, but this is uh, obviously pushing it over the edge. But just conceptually, this is the 90s movie to me. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus is truly the 90s movie. It's awful. Like, I know, it's I like guess, that Forrest Gump has that title. They yes. all sing a John Lennon song, and then they, like, sign it at the end, remember? <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't seen Mr. Holland's like Opus John, since it was, like, new, and I remember boy. hating it as a teenager. Beautiful I thought it was stupid. I assume it has the most overall original score for no reason, because it's the year 1995. Uh, maybe. And it has all those Forrest Gump music drops, but for the 50s, because yeah. it starts in the 50s. 60s. starts in the 60s. 60s, excuse yeah. me. From the director of The Mighty Ducks and the live-action 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> made a fuck ton of money right yeah mr holland's opus was a classic for certain amounts they made it for 30 million and made 106 which is pretty good for that kind of movie in 95 yeah i was about to say in those days from the director of bill and ted's excellent adventure that's yes. a fucking movie yes much better than mr holland's opus anyway yes renaming mr holland's opus to uh dead poet society 1996 <laughs> is the funniest fucking movie in the world to me. it's really good <laughs> like who's falling for that uh taiwanese cinema goers apparently <laughs> You guys see they made a sequel to Dead Poet Society? <laughs> Doesn't start any of the people from Dead Poet Society. It's really fucking weird. Anyway, uh, uh, that's it, right? We're going to move to questions? I believe so. Okay, if you'd like to send in emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast.gmail.com. If you're listening to this right away, um, we're doing the next movie, like, next weekend, because Destiny's going to be out of town the normal weekend of recording. We're, I'm not even probably going to plug for questions. But if you're listening to this... Please send questions um, about anything. We're not going to have a question of the week. We're not even sure if we're going to continue the question of the week format. We're like discussing it still. Um, so, but we are doing it like a week turnaround, which is kind of weird for us. I have a question if you want a question, because oh. I came up with it in the last 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, we'll save it because we don't know what, I don't even know what your movie is. And I, are they tied together at all? No, I literally, I, you said fucking Dead Puzzle Slide 96. I'm like, right, I need from people some fake movie titles as soon as possible, please. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need to give unrelated movies some, uh, sequels. Some, some like fake sequel names that are like thematically related or whatever. That, yeah. That just, it just, Blue yeah, Dog it Saints is actually just titled Reservoir Dogs 2 somewhere um anyway the question of the week that we had months ago uh was what was your favorite blu-ray dvd special feature of note 
And a lot of our answers were from when we were going to record originally, so I'm just going to read them all. Uh, so, from Nigel, my favorite Blu-ray extras are a pair of features that accompany the Arrow release of the 1986 Japanese movie To Sleep So As to Dream. It's an extremely stylized black and white fantasy film involving a pair of detectives trying to solve a mystery involving an aging actress from Japan's early silent film era. Jackson, we got to watch this immediately. <laughs> Uh, we need to watch this movie right now. Uh, the first feature has an interview explaining the role of Benchy, the person who provided live cultural context, narration, and sometimes voice acting for silent films in Japan. That seems cool. Uh, with the most famous modern Benchy, Midori Sawato. The second feature is her providing a short Benchy performance to the movie's film within a film. It's neat. That's sick. Yeah, that might be cool. that might be on the Arrow Network. That might be a thing I can just stream immediately. Um, James writes in. I have a question about Master Commander. Uh, that I wanted to ask, but by the time I sat down to write an email, I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> so instead, I'll ask what the most obvious fact about a film that you've blanked on. Uh, recently, on the most recent VoIP Life, I said, I couldn't think of the name Apocalypse Now, and I was like, that Vietnam movie with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Jackson knew what I meant. <laughs> I did know what you meant. I was like, you're wrong on every front, but it didn't get me that. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's hard for me to answer because I'm literally blanking on like the key details. Jackson of blanks on literally time. anything I put them on the spot for in all of history. <laughs> I just said yeah. Deadpool Society came out in '84. Like yeah. I, I don't remember the characters of movies I've just watched, like the names. Um. So there's your answer. <laughs> Uh, Jen writes in, if you and your best friend were sailing in a massive ship for years on end, what instrument would you bring out for your private cabin jam sessions? I mean, am I allowed to just have my drum kit? Yeah, like, sure. Well, yeah. Well, I'm bringing. I'm, I'm going to bring a cat. theremin. Well, that wouldn't really complement oh, the drum kit very well. But <laughs> I almost said that. I almost said theremin. Um, be, be the whole thing where it's like I'm keeping my hands still, but the rocking of the boat is making the music very light. Oh, and then I would be playing my drums by doing a jerk off motion. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Listen to yourself. Oh, the profound waving of the boat in the ocean. Play the damn theremin. <laughs> I think I'm just bringing like a tuba. (laughs) (laughs) One of the funniest scenes in this movie is when they go to the French ship and take it over. There's a fucking crushed French horn in the captain's room. (laughs) Yes. There's like a piano that's been turned over and a French horn. That's their version of doing the music together. (laughs) Super good. Um, my favorite non-commentary <sighs> DVD feature is the blood-spurting barber's chair in Sweeney Todd. Seeing all the pumps and tubes necessary to make those scenes bloody meant every time I watched an overly gory movie from that point forward, disgust was replaced with fascination. I frequently found myself asking, how did they do that? Um, my favorite answer of that, uh, this is a total aside, is that Day of the Dead, the, the bad guy finally gets ripped apart by zombies at the very end of the movie. And they just have him like in the floor. He's like lying down and they, the zombies literally rip in half, rip in half at the torso. And um, they had him like in the floor, like they built a sunken floor. So he's in up to his like chest and then they had legs and they had like a bunch of intestines they got. But they the, they forgot to plug in the refrigerator for the intestines. So yes! by the time they shoot the shot, the the all of the like awful they have from all the pigs and stuff is is starting to rot and so they have all these extras pulling them apart and eating this like rotten intestines oh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah it's disgusting good. and it That's smells disgusting. so bad yeah like it, it's yeah. one of it's one of the best deaths in a movie because he, he is clearly like disgusted by the smell as an actor right because they had to just sit there and do it and he's like yelling at this because he's like yelling at the zombies choke on him as they're eating his guts and he's dying it's fucking cool it's so fucking cool um the other dead one of a true classic of cinema um 
Rick writes in. Special feature that sticks out to me is on the Animatrix DVD. It's called Scrolls to Screen. And it's a 50 some odd minute feature. The most, cur- uh, most cursory history of anime and its roots in comics. Some real luminaries in the field, like Frederick L. Schotter there. This also has clips from the one and only Todd McFarlane explaining how animation works and how neat he finds it that everyone reads comics in Japan. Uh, Harry Knowles also shows up, so you know it's the most early 2000s special feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um... Modern writes in, to answer the question of the week, I have to go with the Easter egg on the Spider-Man 2 DVD of Alfred Molina performing If I Were a Rich Man with the puppeteers on the Doc Ock arms joining in. (laughs) It's really good. I watched that and I was like, man, this is really fun and charming. You hadn't seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, Maybe I had because I had the Spider-Man 2 DVD and I probably just didn't remember it. But yeah, he was apparently Mm -hmm. like prepping to do that on stage. So he was just like working on his song and they did it with him. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, my question is, if you were the captain of a ship, what would you name it? And what inspiring pun based on its name would you tell the, to psych up your crew for battle? I.e. surprise is on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would give it a pun name. Yeah, the only good boat name I could think of was Lil Floater. <laughs> L-I-L Floater. And I could not think of a pun. I do like good, solid Star trek in names like Surprise and Enterprise and, you know, Dauntless, dumb shit like that. <laughs> Stargazer. Uh, Defiant. Yeah. They're yeah, I don't, I don't have like a cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make oh, like a Millennium Falcon names. cool name. I want just like a normal ship name. Or if we'll I have a yacht, like a really obnoxious name. <laughs> You're leaning in. You're leaning into the bet. Yeah. 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 What's your yacht name? Like some just something really stupid. Okay. Like like Gishel Greens. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's very good. Um Rick writes in again more recently. Uh the duet that ends this movie is so perfect. What's your favorite use of music at the end of a movie? The Streets of Fire count Streets of Fire is really up there. I mean Streets of Fire is like the objectively correct answer because I don't even like that movie. Uh end of two thousand one, the... also really good. Yeah. Oh god, uh There Will Be Blood. Oh yeah, that's a good really good that one. That Brahms that comes in. Yeah. Um Three Colors Blue, just classic. Um yeah. Those are all really good. Uh, Aiden writes in, if you could replace the music piece in the fiddle scene with an anachronistic fiddle cover of another song, what oh, would you pick? Does it have to be a fiddle cover? Uh, yes, it has to be. I mean, it has to be them playing the song, right? Yeah, I guess it does. Uh, the, the Death Note soundtrack. Oh, that's good. Just the like, the twinkly little like I'm solving a puzzle music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, mine has been stuck in my head for days since I thought of my answer as Baby Shark. <laughs> so he's just ding 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 yeah and then all the group us and go baby shark that just sounds like the bbc cricket theme i mean it's hold on yeah destiny what you got um something like romantic i i couldn't think of like a good answer but like just some sort of like i got you babe just something that just really encapsulates the romance okay uh luke writes in when you're in movie mode do you tend to watch movies with certain themes or goals in mind for example movies by the same director or about a certain event or something like that if so what are some of those themes you've done recently well we've definitely not been watching movies recently i used to do this more um i tend to just kind of try to 
counter program against myself. I just kind of follow my heart, what interests me, but I don't, I tend to not watch the same thing very often, like close together. Cause then I, I feel like it ends up just like being diminishing returns um, for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to do way more projects yeah. with my movies. Um, and I just feel like I don't have, well, I just don't commit to them you know i'll do two things and i'll be on a new fixation and i've learned to embrace that more now rather than constantly starting things that'll never finish i am very similar i like to keep it kind of spontaneous um and then what kind of boat would you like to be the captain of any era of ship is fine i don't want to be on a boat ever i mean Uh, i mean i want to be on i want to be captain of a starfleet vessel (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but though the thing about those is they're not boats. I don't like being on choppy water. It's not like I've been on boats. I've never times. been in the ocean, but every time I've been on a boat, I really enjoyed it. I think I'd be fine. I've been on the ocean. I mean, I've been on like is is it, is the is the gap between the? It's not really an ocean, but like it is on open sea. I guess getting to the Isle of Wyatt. Yeah, that's open uh, sea. Gone... You know, it's not a lake, right? <laughs> No, but it's like a it's like a small little inlet, right? It's not yeah. as big as a guy into fucking France. Um, you're not. You're, there's not that bit like in this movie where the boat's just sideways because the fucking waves. Like I've never been on that. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I've just been on a boat for like forty five minutes. Yeah, and obviously I've been on boats on like the River Thames many times. Uh, but you know, what? only about four times. Not I say many. I'm either. from London. Been on the River yes. Thames, mate. <laughs> But I realized then I thought, and I was like, hang on a second. That's not a thing that people do very often. It's happened occasionally, but I don't, I would not say it's on a regular occasion. I haven't been in London in five years. I'm yeah. mad about it. You can't make fun of me from the London thing anymore. Uh, Destiny, what kind of boat are you captaining? Uh, like a Final Fantasy airship. That's pretty good. It's a nice, solid answer. Thank you. Uh, Gavin writes in, how would Dr. Stephen have felt had he learned that Galapagos Comorons were capable of flight and he never got to learn that? He gets the biggest boner. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> what, are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Cramorant, the Pokemon, which I'm going to post right now. Um, no, yeah. stop doing this. I don't want to talk about Pokemon anymore. <laughs> there you go. Here's, here's oh, Cramorant. It's cute. It My thing with silly. this is that it looks like a fucking Disney mascot, like sidekick character and not a Pokemon. It kind of does. It looks, it looks like the chicken from Moana. I was gonna be like, this is like, this is like Yazoo's cousin from Lion King three or something. <laughs> oh, you mean Lion King one and a half? Sure, but when they they made more of them, you know. Zazu, his name's Zazu, not Yazoo. Yeah, Yazoo's Zazu. the guy from I Have Children. <laughs> is that Rowan Atkinson? Uh, is I Rowan Atkinson. It, I believe it in is Lion King. Sure uh live writes in i'm sure there'll be at least mention of how much master commander represents the final form of a star trek movie in this episode my question is what other secret star trek movies have you seen uh um, galaxy well, quest <laughs> no it's not secret that's not, that's <laughs> not. Uh, oh before before that i do have to say uh is master commander the best star trek movie no oh. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Thank you. I was like, is it better than Wrath of Khan? No. 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 Wrath of Khan. <laughs> no. The thing about Wrath of Khan, I'm getting chills, just like, mm, getting reclined yeah. over here, yeah. <laughs> uh, is the, the bit where uh, they're looking at the fucking Genesis planet being born, and Kirk's like, there's something Spock was trying to tell me on my birthday, and I, and then he feels young, and there's nothing like that in Master Commander. 
No, like I love all oh, the chase continues, but uh, he was the most human. I feel young. Rathacon was the perfect best of times. Movie. It was the worst of times. You trying to tell me something, Spock? Nothing obvious, sir. Unless it is happy birthday. <laughs> Truly, the best Truly, of times. The best of times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, because of the, uh, the Star Trek comparisons, I was just thinking about Rathacon. I was like, Rathacon is basically the greatest movie I've made. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, it's good, but it's not even the best Star Trek movie type contrarian. It, like, I, not, I am the, the real is, Star Trek It's fan. not the obvious shit battle con stuff. It's all the Kirk and Spock shit. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, what happened next? <laughs> uh, so what are your favorite secret Star Trek films? Uh, what is even a secret Star Trek film? Do they have to be like a boat? The problem is like every space movie in some level could be a secret Star Trek film. Yeah. Like I was like, I was like Advent Horizon or Event Horizon is kind of like a fucking Star Trek movie. It goes really badly for them and it wouldn't for the Star Trek crew. But going on a weird ship where someone used an engine to open a portal into what seemed like hell. um, That's just a Star Trek episode. (laughs) Yeah. Sunshine. There's a Star Trek. I've never seen Sunshine. I should watch Sunshine. At, at I remember point, thinking it was okay. At one point, I Netflixed it, but for some reason, the Blu-ray of that movie didn't work on the PS3 because there was like a couple of blue, like there's some Blu-rays that just don't work. And I couldn't. And I, at the time, I don't think I could find a torrent. This was years and years ago, obviously, because I was Netflixing movies. Um, and I never watched it. <laughs> That's my story, isn't it neat? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any secret Star Trek movies off the top of my head. I'm really blanking out. I mean, the the thing is, it's like, when I'm thinking of them, it, the title feels wrong. Because, like, this is a Star Trek R Star Trek movie. But the problem is, there are a lot of things that have similarities online. Like, Star Trek already just playing in genres. Like, the Planet of the Apes movies are just also sci-fi. It doesn't feel right to apply it there. I mean, the original yeah. Planet of the Apes is a, is a Twilight Zone episode, is what it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, that's true. But I would say, like, um, War for the Planet of the Apes is a uh, Star Trek episode. Yeah. Like when they're like, we have to make the apes and the humans work together. Like Picard could just be in that movie doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a question from Tron. My answer to the question of the week documentary is the making of Alien 3 on the Alien Anthology Blu-ray, which is pretty good. That's a weird fucking movie. Um, and then uh, have any of you ever been on a boat? Uh, we know Jackson's been on the River Thames regularly, so what about the rest of us? <laughs> I've been on a kayak, but I've never, I've never I was like on, been on a proper boat. I've been on like some speedboats on lakes. I've been on a ferry on Lake Erie, and I took the the boat like at Niagara Falls. It goes to the bottom of the falls, and you just all get misted. And the, my entire family got bronchitis because you just inhale a bunch of water from the fucking falls. <laughs> um, That's not great. Yeah, no um jackson just want to not pay attention to this one what film is the worst amputation scene that you've personally seen <laughs> i can't i can't i can't do it i can't fucking do it i'm skipping this one obviously um i would like you to mute your your earbuds for a second while i talk about okay. the, a movie that i i, I literally ever said you can never watch <laughs> is it 127 hours no 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 wait what is it then uh it's a hobo with a shotgun oh you have to all right i'll i'll turn it down because yes so there's a bit home with a shotgun where the, he loses his arm and there's a scene near the end of that movie where he has to pry up a manhole cover using the shattered arm bone that's sticking out of his arm. And that's the Ugh. worst one for me because it's like it's truly the most like awful thing I can imagine in my brain. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. 
Jesus. Yeah, it's really fucked up. That movie's not very good. Um, okay. Mm. Um, do you have an answer before I get Jackson back? I don't have one. Okay. 127 <laughs> Hours one is pretty good. Um, that's just a good movie. Uh, fuck James I've Franco. I've seen that. But, you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting Jackson back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, would you have liked to see more films of these characters? Yeah, fuck yeah. There was a bit in like yes. 2012, something like that, where Russell Crowe was like, oh, if you really want more of these, you should email Fox. And I didn't want it then. It's too late. It was already too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's already getting a little old, like in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're like, I mean, and I, to be fair, uh, I prefer uh, older dad Russell Crowe um, over like 90s Russell Crowe, where he's just young, cool actor. Yeah. Uh, but it does make this role specifically such a moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh off of uh, Gladiator, Russell Crowe, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, the, a version of this where everyone's too old. Because uh, then you have to, like, reframe when it's like, oh, it's after the Napoleonic Wars and now it's just shitty. And it, that, the whole thing collapses instantly. Like, no one wants that. I don't think you can make a sequel to this movie. I, I would watch it and I would like it. I would like to see them try. But this movie is so singular. Like, because it ends on the, and then there's the, the chase never ends type beat. I don't even know what you do. I know there were like 20 novels, but this movie is not even trying to like to adapt one of them. It's no, it's like, like it's like a mashup of, of like four different books. And it's not, yeah. it's not like a clear and clean adaptation of any of them. It's five of them. And he doesn't follow the actual timeline of the war yeah. and just kind of makes his own alternate history and then he dies and they don't get finished oh yeah there you go um i i feel like if you write 20 books and you die before you finish that was just never getting finished you're just not writing a story with an ending there yeah um all right well then that's it for questions again if you'd like to send them at neuromappingpodcast at gmail.com next time if you want to write in in a week we've got our uh, question from jackson what's your favorite fake make up a fake uh sequel name um you can't use the reservoir dogs to uh one that i picked because it's too obvious but it is really funny (laughs) Didn't we get a question asking what uh, funny puns we like? Yeah, that was in that was in Trons, but I didn't have an answer, so I didn't ask it. If you oh, have an okay. answer, go ahead. But I was like, I'm not okay. gonna, uh, I, I, I second, know Jackson's I, not going to have an answer for that, and I don't have an answer for that. So, uh, okay, so, uh, so uh, the doctor. I went to the doctor, and uh, he said to me, uh, "Ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm afraid your DNA is backward." And I said, "And." Uh, okay, so uh, next month. Um, <laughs> next, next week. Next week we're recording. Next, Jackson, right, next what, week, what are we next watching? Week. I have two doors. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are two movies. behind One, one door is one movie. I mean, you know, uh, I can't decide between the two. Um, so uh, I would like, uh, I, how do I make a, how do I make you choose between two Are things? they random or is it they're an informed, are you giving me informed guesses? There's no. Um. Do I want to give you? Uh, Are they both short? Let me look. They are within half an hour of each other. That's not. That's not an answer. That's not an answer. Because I, I want the shortest. Because we got to record next week. I would like the short movie. one. Is ninety four minutes and one is like one hundred and twenty minutes. Okay. So it's not that much of a difference. Okay. They're both doable movies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What what decade is each of them from? Uh, one's from 79, one's from 81. Oh, they're like really close. Damn. Destiny, you pick. 79. 
Uh, okay. Uh, closing the other door, we have picked the jerk. Oh, I love the jerk. <laughs> I've never seen this. I, I Destiny has been telling me about today. it for literal, like... <laughs> Our entire lives? Yes. Like, yes. Longer than I've known Destiny, she has referenced the jerk, and I've never seen it. It's really uh, silly. I love the jerk. Also, you picked the 95-minute movie, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did pick the shorter movie. Uh, just to disappoint everyone, uh, behind the other door was Thief. So, Oh, I mean, I, I'd much rather watch the jerk than Thief, but I understand why you <laughs> think our audience is going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. Rick's over there like, kicking a pile of dirt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still laughing about when we said election and Rick thought we met the Johnny Depp movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Uh, you're easy uh, no, to make because uh, we talk a lot, so I'm, I feel like I'm allowed to poke fun. Yeah, Rick's also, you're the only person who likes crime movies as much as Jackson does. I don't like crime movies like that. What are you talking about? Yeah, you do. I like some of them. I don't think I necessarily... I think that crime movies often I think, align I think when I say you I like. and Rick have similar aesthetic tastes, you know exactly what I mean. Absolutely, but I don't think, I don't think it's crime movies. I think, like, sad, repressed movies about, like, duty or whatever is not all crime movies. I think that is a subsect of crime. Because, like, Guy Ritchie's not making those. Destiny those working to find suck. you, Jackson, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Destiny, where can people find you? Oh, people can find me at uh, Fridge Buzz now on Blue Sky and Twitter. You're mostly using Blue Sky, right? I feel like that's true. I'm not really. I know, I'm, I'm not a much when, of a poster, but I, I yes. guess when I am posting, it is on Blue Sky. Yeah. You, yes, you are not online, but if you were, yeah. it's probably there. I'm too busy. You and used to be more oh. online, but then they changed online, and now it's like it's all weird. Yeah, exactly. What online to live is strange journal? to me. <laughs> curious um jackson where people find you find me at headfalls off on twitter and co-host and blue sky uh usually on twitter mostly but i i will pop into the others from time to time uh you can find the podcast we do at abnormalmapping.com whole bunch of cool pods there uh you can find me on twitter at em underscore being you can find me mostly on blue sky at em being all one word i think um i do post there from time to time that's like the only one i'm actually using other than twitter um not a ton, but some. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you go to patreon.com slash normapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project. We're currently watching Gundam Double O, which is fucking incredible, and Rose of Versailles, which is also fucking incredible. Um, for $5, uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy Tactics uh, every week as the strike has happened. I will continue doing that for $5 patrons, but also Blockbusters will be back in a couple weeks when we watch G.I. Joe. Um, <laughs> the Rise of Cobra. Yeah. A movie I suggested, like, off the cuff, I was like, you know, I kind of want to revisit those. I remember being stupid fun. In June, because um, it was our July June, pick, and it never happened, yeah. And now I'm like, well, I guess, I mean, we did say it, so we should do it, but I have no... You, gave, you were like, we can pick anything, and I was like, yeah, why, we might as well watch the thing we say we're going to watch. I did say, we like, this is the chance. We can completely read if you don't want to watch the thing we can, we is can you've lost your enthusiasm i have as much enthusiasm i did in june i.e zero <laughs> so <laughs> it will be fine blockbusters yeah we're gonna try it's, to it's good a good podcast and we will this. we will i do i want to do more quiz show level films and less gi joe level films but we need to keep it spicy because like the island's the best movie we watched and no one would have called that from the outside so you just can't know. I don't. I don't it's, think the it's director. Like, best of, movies you see are like Saturday Fever and The Island. Like you know, sometimes you just pick weird ones. Man, Saturday Night Fever was fucking good. Yeah. I want to watch that. It's good. It's no The Island, but what is? 
Oh, the island. Um, and for ten dollars, you get VoIP life. For every two weeks, me and Jackson kind of sit down and goof off. We recently we had an episode that came out that was in the free feed. If you actually want to listen to it, I think we pointed it out on our uh, "We're Coming Back" episode. It was a quiz about Michael Giacchino pun titles in movies, um, and we had good fun with that. Our most recent episode is like all the shit that I half watched while I was in the hospital, and uh, we talked a bit about movies that we had seen over the long break. Um, it was good. It was a good episode. Um, a lot of movie focus. Lately, it's mostly been games. It'll probably go back to being a lot of game stuff because we're in a weird Final Fantasy hole for the next three months and then we we climb out of it and we're done. Yeah, no. After... Just in time for Kingdom Hearts to come back. <laughs> it's not, though. Missing Link doesn't count. It does count. It's been mobile games all the way down. Well, no, but I mean that like Missing Link counts at the end. Of, like it's just going to be the start of the game, right? Like That's after the, the game has to finish before I can tell you because nothing happens for the first eighty percent of any Kingdom Hearts game. That's correct. So when that game gets cancelled in two years and they have to do their entire story in one update, then I'll let you know what's happening in Kingdom Hearts. Anyway, we'll be back in a week with the jerk. Please look forward to it. If you'd like to send emails again, I'm normalmappingpodcast@gmail.com. Just trying to drive that home so you all remember it. Thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends. Retweet the plug for this episode because we're back and, it's, you know, we want to bolster the listenership as we come back and hopefully maintain a schedule. Um, and until next time, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them.